May the Lord bless you all today. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to all the brothers and the sisters who in this moment are tuning in. And today, as always, we're going to delight ourselves with the wonderful teaching that God is giving us and that the Lord always has prepared here in the Bible. What a delight it is when we read the Bible with all of our heart. And what a delight it is that we all feel when we see that it is the same Lord who is there, who is showing us these verses in the Bible, though they have been written many centuries before, yet our God, the Holy Spirit, is there bringing everything to life and allowing all of this, all these scriptures to reach our heart. This is the most beautiful part. And you may be seated and you can get comfortable in your places, and I, I long that today, as every Sunday, that we are delighted with the reading and reflection of the Word of God with today's sermon. But before, we're going to sing to the Lord with all of our heart, and we're going to sing hymn 219, titled, Count Your Blessings. So how many blessings do we probably have? Well, maybe we are not listing all of them. There are so many that God constantly gives us and God is manifesting himself at all times. God has manifested himself greatly among people. And I am rejoiced when people share the testimonies with me with everything God is doing in some places in Europe with people who are natives, native Europeans, how God is revealing his word to them. God is showing his ways to these people. He is guiding them in dreams. That's the beautiful part. He shows them things in dreams and then later gives them the opportunity to come to the church. And people then say, I believe in God. That is the beautiful thing to hear people say, to say, I believe in God because I have lived and had an experience that truly makes me believe. And it's no longer someone telling me, but I'm living it. I've lived it. I've experienced it. This is beautiful that God manifests in our lives and that we share our experiences. Let us sing 219. Cuando combatido por la adversidad, crea ya perdida tu felicidad. Mira lo que el cielo para ti guardó. Cuenta las riquezas que el Señor te dio. Bendiciones cuantas tienes ya, bendiciones Dios te manda más, bendiciones te sorprenderás cuando veas lo que Dios por ti hará. Andas agobiado por algún pesar, duro te parece amar 
larga cruz llevar. Cuenta las promesas del Señor Jesús y de las tinieblas nacerá la luz. Bendiciones cuantas tienes ya. Bendiciones Dios te manda más. Bendiciones te sorprenderás cuando veas lo que Dios por ti hará. Cuando de otros veas la prosperidad y tus pies claudiquen tras de su maldad, cuenta las riquezas que tendrás por fe, donde el oro es polvo que hollará tu pie. Bendiciones cuantas tienes ya, bendiciones Dios te manda más, bendiciones te sorprenderás cuando veas lo que Dios por ti hará. Glory to our God. Thanks be to the Lord, for we are here once again. And that is how we today are going to open our Bibles in Hebrews chapter 3. Do not forget the recommendations, brothers and sisters, and even newcomers of congregating in the church. Congregate, for now all of the churches have reopened, and it is important that you congregate so that you may receive the spiritual gifts, receive the baptism with the Holy Spirit, and those who already have it, to lay on hands for healing, for miracles, for wonders and deeds that God works through you. And also so that your spiritual gifts may grow and prosper and progress. So it is very important to congregate, to go to the worship services throughout the week, to go to the church, because I know that this pandemic has left a spirit of laziness among many. And that spirit of laziness to go to the church. And now we find that on Sundays, in some of the churches, in some countries, everyone goes on a Sunday, and then everyone wants prophecy. And the poor brothers and sisters who prophesy get very tired too because they're made of flesh and blood. They get tired. We must be considerate. Now, they can probably, the service ends in the middle of the day and they could be there all afternoon prophesying because people only go on Sundays. 
and go to receive prophecy. So the brothers and sisters get tired. So I ask you with all my heart that you congregate throughout the week if you would like prophecy so that on Sundays, prophecy really should only be for those who are first-time guests and maybe for those newcomers who maybe have arrived for the second or sixth time. Now, this is not an obligation, what I'm saying, but only a recommendation, some advice and guidance. And so, brothers and sisters, now we're going to find our scripture here in Hebrews chapter 3 in my Bible. Uh, or in some Bibles, there are subtitles, which is that Jesus is superior to Moses. And in verse number 1, when we begin to read, or when we began to read in Hebrews chapter 1, we've realized that it is highlighting, exalting the deity of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the person who was Jesus Christ and his importance, highlighting that wonderful being, that divine shepherd, that king of kings, that God allowed to be on earth among men and women, and that now we also enjoy through the Holy Spirit. And so in chapter 3, it continues. It's the same topic that we had been following from chapter 1. And here the apostle says, Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling. Now, do not forget that I'm sure there are newcomers. When it says, holy brethren, this means you have been set aside by God. Every person who believes and accepts the Lord and accepts to follow the path of the gospel, God immediately tells them they are holy. They have been set apart for God. So I continue here. So therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling. What heavenly calling? Well, eternal life. Consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus. So keep in mind and think of him, reflect upon him. Put him in the first place because he, as a human being, as he lived as a human being, he too was an apostle and a high priest. Verse 2, who was faithful to him who appointed him. So he is faithful, that human side of him that God formed, named Jesus Christ. He was faithful to God the Father. And it says that Moses also was faithful. It says, as Moses also was faithful in all his house, in the house of God. What was the house of God in that time? Well, in the time of Moses, God had ordered Moses to build a tabernacle. But God wanted to dwell in the hearts of the people. But as it was hard, because the people were always failing and turning away from God, so then 
God told Moses to build a tabernacle, and there in that tabernacle, God would be manifesting himself. And this tabernacle, it was called the house of God. And Moses was very faithful, faithful with the work that the Lord had appointed him, with the work of shepherding the people in that time. And he was very faithful. He obeyed in all his ways in what God showed him. And here he compares saying that our Lord Jesus Christ, being greater than Moses, he too was faithful with God and faithful in the house of God. And around here it says that that house, well, it's all of us. Glory to the Lord. Because it's no longer a physical house. It's no longer a physical temple. If not, well then, we would always have to save money to go and travel to a specific place. But we don't need to. That house is our heart. If, in fact, we truly deserve it. That is the house of God. And it says, our Lord Jesus Christ, he is perfecting that house and he is building it day after day. Until... It becomes a perfect building. And here in chapter 3, it highlights the Lord and his wonderful work. For it says, For this one has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he, our Lord Jesus Christ, as he who built the house, has more honor than the house. So it's saying that it has more honor. That house that he has been building, but the one who builds it has more honor, which is our God. Our God, through the person who was Jesus Christ, working from the very beginning to form his temple, his house in which he would dwell in and dwells in or will dwell. And in verse number four, it reads, for every house is built by someone. But he who built all things is God. And Moses indeed was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which would be spoken afterward. Now, afterward or in the future, there would be another Moses, another savior, another high priest or another pastor, another shepherd, and it would be our Lord Jesus Christ. And he would follow that example. And even still, that perfect example of the Lord and his acts, they are perfect. Not as it was in antiquity, where there were always some failures and some and here in verse 6, but Christ. Now here, it, it was highlighting that Moses had done a great work. He was faithful to God. He was a servant. Yet, in verse 6, it says, but Christ, as a son over his own house, whose house we are, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope Firm to the end. Now, the end, remember, is our death. For after death, we human beings, after death, there is nothing that we can do. We can't 
repent anymore. We can't go back. We can't change. After death, whatever was, was. And so, we, we will become that house of God, our heart, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end, the end of our lives. That confidence and rejoicing of the hope. So it's not just that confidence, but it's also that faith and believing and obeying God and doing his will and fulfilling his commandments and having abandoned all sin. And in this way, having in our hearts that hope that in the day that we least expect, in the day that the Lord calls us, we are ready and we are prepared to face God, to be in his presence. And of course, with the hope of having attained eternal life, glory to the Lord, for that is his promise. This is what we in life should fight for. Let us fight for this great salvation the Lord is offering. Let us trust in the Lord and in his promises. Let us obey and let us submit to the Lord. And removing all foolishness, for there is great foolishness in some which causes them to turn away from faith and that belief and confidence and trust and hope in the Lord. There are many who are discouraged. Those who turn back. Those who then twist those paths and they forget about God. But we here have to fight to the end to be the house of God. How many long to be the house of God. All of us, we want, we long to be that temple of the Lord, that tabernacle. And in verse 7, very quickly I'll read to, to verse 11, so very quickly. And it reads, Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, Now, the Holy Spirit says in Psalm 95, from verse 7 to 11, it says the following. This is a prophecy, a given, but I believe, a King David. When the Holy Spirit came upon King David to prophesy and said, Today, if you will hear his voice. How many centuries ago... Did King David live? And when he gave this prophecy, he spoke of a present time. But it was not the present time of King David. He was speaking of a future. It was a promise that God was making for the future. It was for his new tabernacle, his new house, his new people. A people who he would form the savior, the savior, the precursor, the anointed one by God. He would be forming 
a new people. He would be edifying and putting together this tabernacle, this house. But the Lord would use David in that moment and said, Today, if you will hear his voice, the Lord was saying, This which you are prophesying, David, it is not for your time. It is for the future. But I want you to say today, so that when people in the future read the verse, they may realize that it is for them that wonderful promise. And so it occurred. Because we are the people of the future. We are the future. Because now we have a gospel that is being preached to us. And this is why the psalm says today, if you will hear his voice today, no longer is there a future here because what exists is today. Our Lord Jesus Christ from the beginning when he began to preach his gospel, even to the day that the Lord comes in the clouds to gather his church, his people, or his chosen ones. And they go with him, and the Holy Spirit also goes with the church, even to that day. We say, today. That today is not going to be done with. That today continues. It is still real. And so, we don't know how many years will pass. Let's assume Maybe there are some thousand years left before the Lord returns in the clouds, let's assume. Well, those people who will live in that time, they will read that verse and say, Today, if you will hear his voice, it is for them as well. And it is today, the today of God. Because that today of God is over with the day that the Lord returns in the clouds for his people. That is when this verse comes to an end. That's when the verse comes to an end today if you will hear his voice, the voice of his gospel, the voice of God, the voice of the gospel, the Holy Spirit proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. Blessed is the Lord. So the Lord says, he tells us, today if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, in the day of trial in the wilderness. And we're going to read about that and what happened where your fathers tested me, tried me, and saw my works 40 years. There were 40 years in which the people of Israel were with Moses and were in the wilderness. And in verse 10, it reads, Therefore, I was angry with that generation. So he says, Therefore, I was angry with that generation and said, they always go astray in their heart and they have not known my ways. So I swore in my wrath. The Lord says, they shall not enter my rest. They will not enter the rest with God, with our Lord Jesus Christ, with the Savior. Because our Lord Jesus Christ is our rest. Our Lord Jesus Christ is our Sabbath. He is that Sabbath that the Lord gave from the beginning so that man may rest from their labors, their physical labor. And he said, rest on the Sabbath day, do not work. But that Sabbath 
It had a meaning, a significance. It was the symbolism. It was the metaphor. And it was spiritual. That Sabbath was that spiritual rest. And that rest was Jesus Christ, is Jesus Christ. He is that rest. He is the Sabbath. This is why we now don't give so much importance to that physical day. That physical day, the Sabbath, or today as we know it's Saturday, we can work if we want. We can rest if we want. We can make the day be whatever it is or whatever we want it to be. But it no longer has any any importance for God because my rest is spiritual. And I am resting in Jesus Christ, who is my Sabbath. He is my day of rest. Jesus Christ, I rest in him 24 hours a day. Every day of the week, every day of the month, he is my rest. He is the rest to my soul. And so... Here, the Lord to the physical people in antiquity, he said, they shall not enter my rest because they were disobedient. And we're going to read a little bit about that and what happened and why God removed that blessing from them. Why God stripped that blessing from them of giving that rest to them in that time. Because of sin and disobedience. But God had in store for the future... He had this rest destined to be manifested, and it is being manifested, this wonderful rest. Thanks be to our God. Let us search in numbers in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, in the book of Numbers, without losing our place in Hebrews, without losing our place in Hebrews, let's go to Numbers chapter 14. Now, I'm going to read quickly from verse 1 to verse 23, Numbers 14, 1 to 23. And what did the people of Israel do? Now, of course, everything's not here because if we were to truly examine everything that they did, we would have to read Leviticus, all of Numbers, and Exodus as well. We we would have to read Deuteronomy because there we find all of the history in all of the wonderful acts God did, his manifestation, his laws, and also blessings and punishment. All of that is very wonderful to read these books because these books, God, he brings them to life in our life with us as well in one, in a different way. Now in a very different way, but today we must obey the Lord, love him, praise him. Do his will. And if not, well, then he too comes in to punish or bless very well. Chapter 14, Numbers. So it says, So all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried. Now, Moses, I'm going to share with you very quickly. Moses was in the wilderness. He was with the people of Israel. Let's remember, they had lived 40 years in the wilderness God had freed them from Egypt, and they were there in the wilderness. And while they were there, many things happened in the wilderness. Now, let's remember, there in the wilderness, they had nothing to eat, and God sent them the manna, which was the bread from heaven, that bread for them to eat. And then God allowed from a rock there to be water so that they could drink from. So God was always there sustaining them. And let's remember, it was 40 years. So 
here, while they were there, still in the wilderness, it says, so all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, so all of them, they began to complain against Moses and Aaron, and they said, if only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had died in this wilderness. Now, they say, why? Why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword that our wives and children should become victims? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, let us select a leader and return to Egypt. Because they said that in Egypt, they had everything they needed. They had food, they had somewhere to sleep, they had clothing, they had everything. But now in the wilderness, they were suffering. They were missing all of the things that they needed and they were complaining. But the complaints that they made against Moses, God was watching all of this because they were complaints Toward him, this is why the Lord was so angry. Let's continue in verse 5. When they said, let's select a leader and return to Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. But Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, who were those who had gone out to spy the land, They tore their clothes. So that's what happened with these two. Moses had sent some messengers to go and spy the land of Canaan. God had told them he was going to give them the land of Canaan. So they said, okay, go and look at the land and how those who dwell in there are. So they arrived. He sent 12 people, 12 men, and they brought bad news. They said, in that land, there's giants. We were like tiny locusts by the side of these giants. It is better not to go. It's better not to go. They're going to swallow us. They're going to devour us. They spoke all the worst things with the exception of Joshua and Caleb. Because Joshua and Caleb said to Moses that we know God is with us. And as God is with us, he is going to protect us protect us. He's going to help us and he will allow us to enter that land and for us to fight against them and God will allow us to win the battle. So they were optimistic and they said this to Moses, something that pleased God. And so this is why in verse six, that Joshua and that Caleb, the son of Nun and Jephna, they were those who had gone out to spy out that land and tore their clothes. And they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, The land we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. And it reads, only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of that land, for they are bred. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. So do not fear. That is what these two men said, and that is why God rewarded them, because they trusted in God. Verse 10, 
And all the congregation said to stone them with stones. So all the people of Israel said, let us stone Joshua and Caleb for speaking these things. Let us give credit to the other 10 who told us that we should not go to that land because we're like locusts next to those giants. And it says that all of the congregation said to stone them with stones. Now the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of meeting before the children of Israel. Then the Lord said to Moses, how long will these people reject me? And how long will they not believe me with all the signs which I have performed among them? I will strike them with the pestilence and disinherit them. And I will make of you a nation greater and mightier than they. Glory to our God. And look at those wonderful promises. These promises God has also made to us in one way or another. And in verse 14, 13, and Moses said to the Lord, then the Egyptians will hear it for by your might, you brought these people up from among them and they will tell it to the inhabitants of this land. They have heard that you Lord are among these people that you Lord are seen face to face and your cloud stands above them and you go before them in a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Now, if you kill these people as one man, then the nations which have heard of your fame will speak, saying, so these people, won't, won't they say, Lord, this was Moses telling the Lord, Lord, have mercy and please forgive the people. Do not take their life because then the Egyptians, they will mock us. What won't they say about this? That after having lived well in Egypt, you brought them out to kill them of hunger and now you sentence them all to death? That can't be, Lord. And so you see how Moses, he humanly spoke to him as if he was speaking to another human being. And in verse 16, because the first thing that they're going to think of, it says, because the Lord was not able to bring this people to the land which he swore to give them. Therefore, he killed them in the wilderness. That is what the people will say. That is what the Egyptians will say. And so in verse 17, and he says, and now I pray, let the power of my Lord be great, just as you have spoken, saying, the Lord is long-suffering and abundant in mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgression. But he by no means clears the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation. So he says, yes, Lord, I know all things, Father, but now I ask in verse 16, he says, Lord, I ask, verse 19, pardon the iniquity of these people, of this people. I pray according to the greatness of your mercy, just as you have forgiven this people from Egypt even until now. And in verse 20, then the Lord said, I have pardoned according to your word, meaning the Lord heard. He heard the pleas and the cry of Moses, the petition that Moses made to the Lord because Moses spoke to God's heart. He spoke to him with words that reached God's heart. So God says in verse 20, I have pardoned according to your word, but truly as I live, 
all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Because all these men who have seen my glory and the signs which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and have put me to the test now these ten times have not hated my voice. He says, they, shall, they certainly shall not see the land of which I swore to their father. So he's going to punish them regardless. It says, nor shall any of those who rejected me see it. But my servant Caleb and the other companion, it says that they... They had a different spirit. They had a good concept of God. And they were the only ones who spoke. Caleb and Joshua, Joshua, the son of Nun, they were the only ones, only ones who spoke well, who were optimistic, who truly cherished and appreciated the power and mercy of God and his promises with the exception of the two, everyone else would die in the wilderness, and that is what happened. And so now we can go back to Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 3. And we once again return to read that the Lord, speaking of his son, Jesus Christ, Speaking of the Messiah, the promised one, the Savior, the one who was sent by God, he was saying that he was superior, greater than Moses, greater than the angels. And that no person, no human being, who have you've heard of or will ever hear of in the gospel of the Lord, they have no need to belittle or put down or doubt the word of God and what he promised from the beginning. So we've already seen a little bit of, about the disobedience that the people of Israel had, and I once again reread here, and with good reason, the Holy Spirit, by the mouth of King David, said, Today, if you will hear his voice, those promises he makes, do not harden your hearts. As in the rebellion, in the day of trial, in the wilderness, where your fathers tested me. They tested me. They tried me. They saw my works for 40 years, but they tested me. They were disobedient. They were unbelieving. They were stubborn and foolish. Verse 10, therefore, I was angry with that generation and said, they always go astray in their heart, and they have not known my ways. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. And that is what happened, because they all died in the wilderness. Those who did enter the land of Canaan, it was the new generation, the children, the young men and women. And in verse 12, it reads, Beware, brethren, Lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. So you see this verse which we are reading here today, God is bringing to life in us, yet this verse, it belonged thousands of years ago. It occurred in the time of Moses when he was shepherding the people of Israel. 
And the people were unbelieving. They were rebellious and hard of heart. They said, it is better for us to return to Egypt. Why were we brought out of Egypt? We were well off there. We lived better. God was greatly upset with the disbelief and the hardness of their heart, the lack of trust in God, the lack of accepting the word of the Lord. And it says that today it is the same. Today, the word of God is preached. And in many countries, they don't even believe in God. They have rejected the idea of God completely. Is God happy? How is the Lord feeling? Is he upset, angry with this generation? Yes. But the Lord also, in his mercy, has chosen a group, a group of hearts to follow and continue preaching, to continue teaching, and that they prepare their heart for him. And God will then come to the life of each person to help them and support them, give them power and authority that empowerment. And God will begin and will continue as he has done so for over 2,000 years in his perfect gospel. He will continue to manifest himself with wonders and signs in the life of each person, giving joy, giving peace. That is what's important. And then remember, when it mentions that in the end, when the end comes, it's the end of my life, the end of our lives. And how we should be, how we ought to walk before the, before the Lord, holding on to that hope, believing in him always, walking by his hand always. This is why it does say, brethren, beware lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief as it, was, as it happened in that time in antiquity with the people of, uh, of Israel and with Moses. And they turned away from God and today, let there be no people who depart from the Lord after having known his power and God's miracles. Verse 13, but exhort one another daily while it is called today. Now, how beautiful. We should all read. Let's all read this verse 13. Let's read it so that it may reach our heart. And it says, But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. So this word today is so important. It's so important. I think how many people maybe quickly skim through and read and don't really give meaning to it and didn't know how important and how, how important this word today is because it is today. And you know how long this today has been standing. And I repeat, it was from the time the Lord began to preach his gospel and it will be until the day he returns in the clouds for his church. That's how long that today is. That's today. Glory to our God. And God, God with his mysteries, they're so wonderful. 
how God speaks so perfectly. And we, we are left amazed before God's mercies, before his wonders and his word, before the promises he makes us. And when they are fulfilled, what a wonder it is. And so it is beautiful. So it says, exhort one another daily, implying, preach, teach each other. Each of you teach another. If you know more, then teach the person who doesn't have enough knowledge. If that person understands more, well, then explain it and clarify for a person who doesn't understand. Speak. Speak. I had a dream. I saw this in a vision. God says this. God says that. God teaches us, yes. It says, one another. It says, while it is called, so meaning take advantage. Take advantage of this opportunity. You are able to speak of God, reflect upon him, and work. Work and do a lot for others and pray for one another. And take advantage of this today. Take advantage of this today. Because tomorrow, there may not be a place or an opportunity for it. And you know when that tomorrow is? Well, it's after our death. That's tomorrow. There is no more time. Let's do everything God presents to us today. Glory to our God. And so I'll reread again. But exhort one another daily while it is called today lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Verse 14, for we have become partakers of Christ. If we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end, the end of our life. While it is said, so there is that prophecy once again from Psalm 95 while it is said in verse 15, today, if you will hear his voice. So if you hear the Holy Spirit, because it is the Holy Spirit who has been speaking to us. When you came for the first time, who spoke to you? The Holy Spirit. He spoke. He was who spoke to you. He speaks to us and will continue to speak. He continues to work today. And it says, today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. So it once again repeats itself. And in verse 16, for who, having heard, rebelled. So having heard in the word of God and seen the wonders that were worked in that time of Moses, who, who rebelled? Indeed, was it not all who came out of Egypt led by Moses? Yes, it was them. After all of the wonders, let's remember the plagues that occurred in Egypt. How God tested all of those uh, wise men and sorcerers. And how God gave triumph to his people in Moses. And they belittled these things. They forgot it quickly. They forgot all of God's marvels and wonders. 
Verse 17, now with whom was he angry 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose corpses fell in the wilderness? Yes, it was with the people of that time. They all died in the wilderness. And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who did not obey? Those who did not obey, they did not enter his rest. And we see that they did not enter because of their disbelief. Now today, it is the same. Because this is what the apostle is implying. Today, it is the same. If today you are unbelieving, if you belittle, if you today provoke the Lord to wrath and do not appreciate what he is offering today, this great, wonderful salvation that he is offering We must accept and believe in the way God manifested himself to man. He made himself a man in the form of Jesus Christ. We must believe and accept Jesus Christ that as a man, he did great work and set an example to us all human beings as children of God. He was the son of God. He was God in his wonderful work. And we, we have to, we have to analyze and be conscious if truly it is worth worth it for you to reflect upon these wonders of God and to make that decision of saying, yes, Lord, this is worth it. And do not be just someone who is a hearer of the word, a listener. Oh, yes, how beautiful it sounds. No, we must be a doer to fulfill God's will and respect and value God, believe in God, trust in him, wait in him. And he, through his Holy Spirit, will be with us, will dwell in our hearts, and will help us. He will work miracles and signs and wonders and deeds. He will have mercy of us in many different aspects of our life, and he will bless us. And so I invite, I invite you all, those First-time guests, I invite you to read this wonderful book. Even if people say that it's outdated, it's obsolete, even if they say that, even if they say that there are other more interesting, more important books, even if they say there are other religions that have their own book, I invite you to read this book, the Bible. And when you are reading this book, the Bible, you say, God, if what they preach in that church is true, then give me an experience because I want to feel an experience from your behalf here while I read this. And God, and if you are a person who is sincere, who truly wants to seek God's truth, you want to find the Lord's path, well, then God will manifest himself in your life. He will manifest himself. Just as everything that I've heard of people, they've had dreams. They have dreams with this church. Thanks be to our God, because he is helping us to evangelize. He helps us. Let us now rise and let us pray to our Father. Blessed God, Almighty, our God, God of Moses, our God, who was with Moses, who spoke to him, taught him, gave him ordinances and statutes and laws, 
ordered him to build a tabernacle, ordered to form a people, and gave many rules, many laws, commandments. And God promised to be with him and support him so that he could fulfill with that wonderful project that the Lord had had in plan even before the foundation of the world. And Moses had to fulfill. And Moses was faithful and he worked. And likewise, Lord, today, that you live, you live in our hearts. You and your mercy and love is also with us. We are also enjoying your promises and your word of your commandments, your ordinances and laws, your law, which is the same. And you are clarifying many things and you make us wonderful promises. And you want us to have a good, humble, modest heart and for us to be obedient, for there to be no foolishness in us but to believe and to obey and to love you with all of our heart and all of our strength so that likewise you may hear us. And every time we pray or we speak with you and we ask you for many things and we ask for the desires of our heart and we have petitions and different needs and we are facing tribulation or sickness and you listen because you will listen to us. Because you love obedient children and you listen to them. And you have made wonderful promises in Psalms where you say you hear our prayers. This is why we pray before you. And we ask you for many things and you hear us and you will answer us. You will answer and grant all things. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And I ask in this moment that you stretch out your mighty hand upon all the brothers and sisters and our first-time guests and newcomers, that you bless them, that you bless the elderly and the children, and that you also heal and remove all disease, illness, because there are different sorts of diseases, many people that are ill, and I pray, Lord, that you heal them, that you cleanse them, deliver them, and remove all witchcraft and sorcery, removing all curses, and destroying the work of the enemy, of the wicked one, and that you bless those who trust and wait in you. All those who are helpless, Lord, have mercy of them. All those who are not able to reason and have no sanity, who are not able to think for, their, for themselves, can't reason. They have no capacity to pray before you. Lord, look upon them with eyes of mercy, my Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus of Nazareth. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, my Father. Blessed and praised is your name forever. Thank you, King, in the name of Jesus Christ. Glory be to the Father. Glory be to the Son. Glory to the Holy Spirit, now and evermore. Amen. Dios es nuestro amparo, nuestra fortaleza. Nuestro pronto auxilio en la tribulación, aunque se traspasen los montes a la mar, aunque la tierra tiemble, tenemos que cantar, aunque la tierra tiemble, tenemos que cantar. 
que cantar. Dios es nuestro amparo, nuestra fortaleza, nuestro pronto auxilio en la tribulación. Aunque se traspasen los montes a la mar, aunque la tierra tiemble, tenemos que cantar. Aunque la tierra tiemble, tenemos que cantar. Glory to the Lord. Thanks be to the Lord. And thanks to all of you. God bless you all, my dear brothers and sisters, and to everyone. Many thanks. God bless you. I send you all a big hug and many kisses to the children. God bless you. And until next time, thank you. Yes.